is a Bulldog Radio podcast. The Ferris State Bulldogs have upset the nation's number two ranked team. Wide open, Taylor is going to take this one to the house. Touchdown Bulldogs. Welcome back, everybody, to the Most Valuable Sports Podcast. Brandon Worth, Joe Nagy with you here on this lovely first episode of December, Joe. We got a banger of an episode on deck. And for the faithful that have been with us all year long, many of you probably have already opened your Spotify rap through your Apple Music preview. We got ours for the podcast. Let me tell you what. Apple Music has a preview. Yeah, they do. It's like a replay, like it's a like year the Wish replay. version. Yeah, pretty much. It's not the same thing. It's the off-brand, but it's the same kind of thing. But uh, anyways, you guys are awesome. Uh, we saw some of the statistics. 82 of you Huge. out there claim us as your favorite podcast. To you, 82, I send you a heart emoji via audio medium. Top, so. 10, top 10 podcasts for 212 people. Ooh, that's Ain't pretty that sweet. insane, eh? You know how many minutes we've recorded this year, Joe? Let me pull it up. Let me pull the Jamie real quick. Almost three thousand we are 29 minutes off of recording three thousand minutes of content that's incredible and even look at that that's more than 92 percent of other creators in the that's sports insane. category we're putting out the work for you guys Dude, we're blessed you know we're so. blessed with great fans yeah i mean we would have thought brandon that three years ago when two little fret college freshmen decided to make a podcast that we'd be seeing 91 percent upgrowth in followers 212 fans with top 10 podcasts and even more. That's insane yeah. to me to think. That is absolutely Crazy insane. stuff. I mean, seven countries also that we got listening to. Yeah, seven different countries. So international, that's pretty sweet. Um, I mean, it, there was so many. So we're celebrities things. is all I'm saying. We're celebrities. So if you want our autograph, we'll be available at um, this location this day. Um, maybe we can wrap that into an NIL deal for me. Um, thanks sure to John. Can, can, we put, box can we put that on the invoice maybe? I'm guessing Bulldog Radio probably has a P.O. box. Sure, they'll spot us, right? Yeah, you'd think think so. But Let's uh, get into the episode. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) We got a great episode on deck. We'll be previewing Anchor Bone Part 2 going down for the region title this weekend as well as the pre-main event going on tonight if you're listening and you would have missed if you're listening to this on Friday. Grand Valley is coming to town for women's and men's basketball right now. So we'll preview all that as well. It's Final Four Day. For Ferris women's soccer, we'll talk the things they need to do. Winner go home, baby. Yeah, to beat Westchester. So that's going to be cool. Ice hockey is going to be on the road. They're taking on the Mavericks in a big matchup over Mankato. Um, but first, we have a great interview. Dan Hardesty, Danae Feldsponge sat down with us to recap the cross-country season and the wild ending it had over in Kenosha, um, as well as the season as a whole. A lot of great things, a lot of great insight from those two, Joe. For sure. Really great interview with them, too. So without further ado, let's swing it to the interview. Now joined in studio, Ferris State Cross Country Athletes, Danae Felsbosch, Dan Hardesty, back in studio. Welcome, you guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for coming on, you guys. Uh, first question for you. Season just got wrapped up, a little bit lengthy, more of a season. Kind of how was that for you guys to deal with that, uh, just with the change of you know training and getting ready for each week? Um, yeah, I mean, last year I didn't really have a season, so it kind of got cut short. So this year, it, was, it honestly felt fine just having – it felt regular to me because this was, I guess, my first full season. Um, I did, like, hit that one point a couple of weeks ago where I, like, felt really tired. But then after about a week, it, it felt like I was just, like, right back into it. So I think it definitely plays a factor. I think it's an extra two or so weeks. And just another two weeks of training can be a lot, especially it takes a toll on your body. And you're, it's Michigan, let's face it. It gets cold fast, and running outside in the winter is not necessarily the most fun thing you want to do at the end of a season. Yeah, I can second that, and especially for our last race at the regional meet over in Kenosha, it was a whopping four degrees, feel like, when the gun went off. Now, I've obviously laid out my displeasure on the show, but how did you guys feel being running in that weather and being just so cold up to the starting line, and then the gun goes off, and then you just got to race from there? Definitely not ideal, I would say, but <laughs> no race is ideal. There's always something going on, and if it's the cold that day, it's the cold. I mean, it's not fun, but everyone does it, so might as well. 
Um, literally when we stepped out of the vans, just when we got there, my entire body went numb <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like, stink. I really hope this isn't like it that during the race. Like even during our warm up, I, I was literally shaking my arms, like shaking my hands, just trying to do anything to wake up my body. Um, which luckily the last like mile of our warm up, I started to feel something, but yeah, the first mile of the race, when I actually started the race, my body was still completely numb. And especially, I mean, looking at the negatives, there's stuff to talk about, but what were some positives from that race that you guys can really carry on over, especially going into indoor and just positives from the season that you look back on? Uh, I just think that just getting another season of training in is always a good thing. The more base you have, the better you're going to be. And it definitely taught us a lot about who we are as a team. And it definitely showed us that we're better than we think we are. And we want to go out there and prove that to everyone in the GLIAC. Um, yeah, this season was, it was honestly like a hype up season. I feel like our girls team, we just progressively, every race got better. Even like throughout the season, we got more and more pack running. Like we kept adding people to the pack. And then even this last race, we had like a solid five of us running together, like, or even like really close together. And it's just, uh, it, it just really is so exciting to see that when you're all just at the same level and just pushing each other. Yeah, and I can 100% agree that both programs have done an amazing job, and I know it really makes me feel great, and I know for both of you two on each side it feels great as well. Um, but, I mean, really building a lot to get here, a lot to do over the summer in training as well as having a lot of freshmen step up on both sides. Just talk about the chemistry that you guys have had um, from your perspective with each respective team and uh, just the overall team performances throughout the year. I think it's the best group of guys that we've had in a while. We all really – appreciate each other and we play to each other's strengths and this if someone has a bad day there's three guys to step up and that's really valuable especially in the team sport like cross country where every guy counts yeah definitely for us we were very strong for our freshmen coming in we had a ton which honestly it, it was it was just so exciting for us I feel like we were all like hyping each other up and we were just so excited because we we're like oh my I'm like we had such a good shot at just like continually getting better. And especially within the next few years, that's just exciting to see how young our team is. So. Absolutely. And especially with, I mean, cross country, indoor, and then track and field in the spring, what do you guys kind of work for, for longevity? Because there's not a whole lot of, you know, rest and relaxation to get between with off seasons and stuff like that. I mean, already you got the first practice back today. You know, what do you guys kind of do to just make sure that you stay healthy throughout the year? I think that it's the big thing is that you need to listen to your body. At the end of the day, that's what's making us our races. And so in order to do our best, we obviously need to have our body in peak shape. So we need to make sure that we're staying hydrated, we're stretched out, we're feeling good. And that's the most important thing before we worry about any racing. Yeah, definitely. I am very big um, into just listening to my body for like injuries and wise. Um, this summer, I was not able to run at all because of injuries. So when coming into the season, I just got back into running. And so it was a very big thing for me that if I noticed like something even small that kind of was like bothering me, I would like tell coach and like take the day easier or he have me do like something modified. So definitely just like listening to your body. And then like Dan said, you say you're drinking a ton, eating a ton and just rolling out and going to the trainers. Yeah. And when it comes to running, it's such a, can be a, such a monotonous sport, but there's so much differences that people can have in preparation and training and those things. What are some of the things that um, you guys have that you really like to go into your routine, hammer down and really kind of really make your own routine as it goes on? I think that at least personally, there's stretches that I do that no one else does just because I have different things about me that's just different like I need to stretch my shins a lot of times before just to make sure that they're nice and loose because when I tighten up it gets bad and everyone has something like that where it's just your own little quirk that you put in to the regular training schedule yeah I'm definitely big on sleep so I I try to at least get seven to eight hours of sleep like at the least every single night and then um definitely what I eat because last year like I mentioned I didn't I didn't really have a cross country season and that was due to health issues. And so um, ever since then, like I've been very big on, I watch like every single thing I eat and like, like every morning I eat oatmeal and a banana and peaches, like just the same thing just to make sure because I get nervous about that. A little superstition. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. Dan, do you have any superstitions? I wouldn't say I have any superstitions per se. I mean, there's definitely things I feel like 
make me do better and things that make me do worse. But there's nothing where I'm just like, I need this. And if I don't do this, everything's falling apart. Hey, that's fair. I always try to eat peanut butter toast every day. That's my superstition. But I feel like that's such a common one that's kind of lame, <laughs> to be honest. But aren't you like allergic to gluten, though? Like, doesn't that gluten free like bread, Joe? I mean, okay. I'm not trying to kill myself. Yeah, hey, I, I, you said bread. So that's the first thing I thought. Hey, of. I do appreciate your well being to look out for me. I do appreciate No problem. It. I'm looking out for you. I'm looking out for you all the time. But I mean, especially with team chemistry, you guys talked about the cross team. We see each other all the time. And especially for me, I see you guys out on campus and stuff at the rock or at the quad or something. Being able to kind of have those uh, times where, you know, you're not training, but you're able to hang out with each other. How important those are those kind of times to be able to hang out, especially to build uh, all. Off the, off the race. I think that's where the team starts because at the end of the day, we're all racing together every race and to do our best, we need to count on each other and know that everyone's going to have our backs. So we need to make sure that we have each other's backs by being there outside of just running because when you do everything together, you race together and that's the best way to do it. Yeah, I definitely think um, team chemistry is very important because it really just adds to like the camaraderie and just like the enjoyment of the sport when you're all just like in it together, like enjoying it. Like I know all us girls, like we love to just like joke around and stuff. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all working hard, you know, but it's definitely just fun to all be there and just encouraging each other. For sure. Yeah. And both squads are so deep. I mean, you just mentioned earlier the performances on both sides, really no, number, no true number ones, number twos, really throughout the entirety of the season. There was multiple races where somebody different was leading the pack for each team. Um, just talk about that as well with the chemistry, um, because I know there's a lot of people out there that they're so competitive at the point where the, every, every team wants to have the number one spot, the number two spot. But on all these great teams that have that depth can really uh, really do some great things and both squads represent that really well. So uh, really, what does that feel to you guys as far as being a part of a team that uh, and intertwines that is so good that you can have different performances each and every day from individuals and that it benefits the team at the end of the day? I think it's big just because of the fact that not everyone's going to have the best day every day. So if you have lots of guys that are all right where you need, they need to be to help pick up the slack, if I don't know, someone has an off day, then it makes it so much easier, especially it can help the person who's having the off day and they say, oh, everyone's right there. I just need to go with them and then I'll, I'll be able to hold on just because I know them and I can sit there and feel good about it. Yeah, I definitely think it's it's just great having like so many people that can run fast because I know I know like for example Whitney, she's a freshman and she she led quite a few races and it was it was like we would constantly just like hype her up and then like I know like Hannah Brock beat her one time but we'd all like hype her up too and it's just like the constant just continually hyping each other up and then as like people get faster you know we're all just continually like moving up with them yeah so beneficial at the end of the day regardless mm -hmm. for the team absolutely yeah, it's, it's irons iron sharpens iron is really what it is but last question for you both we asked you this last time dan but then you'll get another chance or you'll get your first chance at it what's your guys favorite thing about being a fair state bulldog i think it's just as corny as it sounds, the team aspect that everyone in Ferris Athletics is a team. It's not just our separate teams. We all know each other and we are all supportive of each other. We're at each other's events and we just make sure that everyone feels like they belong. Yeah, literally when I came to Ferris, instantly within the first week, I, I felt like I belonged. Like uh, it, it felt like I lived here my entire life, honestly. So just just like how much they make you feel like you belong. For sure. That's really cool. Yeah, awesome. Thank you guys so much for stopping by and appreciate the time from both of you. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you. Once again, a big thanks to Danae and Dan for coming on the show. Really great to have them on. Get some insight. Always awesome to have some athletes come on into the mics and just kind of talk shop a little bit, which is really good. But without further ado, we'll hop into the Fair State Sports Report. Got some big games coming up this weekend. We're going to start in the hardwood. Women's basketball and men's basketball are in action tonight against the Lakers coming into town. Brandon, it's a big one. Starting off GLIAC play, we had some pretty good preseason performances from both teams, uh, but this is really when it all comes down to it. Lakers are a good opponent, and we can't wait to see them come into Wink Arena, and uh, we'll serve them a loss. Yeah, a date against Allendale finds itself on our schedule more oftentimes than I think that the GLIAC would like, just because the fact is there's so much attention with these two teams that these games just get absolutely incredible. I can't wait to see the fan the the stands filled with fans tonight. Have the, sick. hopefully have the new video boards firing up. It's gonna be an experience and a half this evening, and it's gonna be fun. I'll be on the socials. 
Joe will be on the social. So if you don't happen to make it, you can go hop on uh, the Ferris State Women's and Men's Basketball Twitter accounts. You can hear all of Joe's great tweets. And by the way, he had one that went viral last weekend for uh, one man named Brady Rose having a big play. Yeah, Joe, what fun. did you call him? I call him a short king. Short king is his name. I got the I got the okay from our boss. So yes, we'll it say is. That. So, but I didn't just toss it out there willy nilly. Yeah. So hey, if you're hearing about a guy named Short King, it's Brady Rose, and that man played a heck of a game last week. What a Look game. forward to seeing that against Grand Valley this weekend. We'll cover that here in just a minute. But Gleak opener rivalry night on deck here at Wink Arena. It's going to be a fun matchup for sure. And I think really when it comes down to it, it's going to be a fantastic game. We know both these teams are high ranked in the preseason polls here. But I think the biggest thing that this game is going to come down to um, so far, really based on how these two teams have played for Ferris, obviously for us, we're going to make sure we have to keep the turnovers down. That's going to be huge for us. Um, We've played well and we play clean. We know we can uh, really do a great job of being able to score the basketball a lot more than a lot of our teams. We are very gritty defensively. Uh, we can beat every team on the boards. Uh, just being able to transition and turn those opportunities into points is going to be crucial um, for the contest. I mean, really, when you look at it, uh, Grand Valley is going to be a, a tough team to beat. They have a lot of great skill position players all the way around the perimeter, a couple uh, threats inside as well. Um, but so they're going to throw a lot of different things at us. Obviously it's early in the season. So a lot of the information that you have from last season might carry over partially, but it's not all going to carry over. It is a much different team. So, um, but the biggest thing so far we've seen from this team right now, they're three and four on the season. Grand Valley is um, they're averaging just under 80 points a game. So I would expect to see probably a high scoring affair between um, us and them. But um, they're definitely going to be a team that's going to really they're going to try to really put their will um, to be able to shoot the basketball well. They're not as necessarily uh, as heavy of a rebounding team. They average about 32.9 per game. They are going to probably try to go out and run like we do. Um, obviously we haven't really watched like how they've played this year overall. I haven't got a chance to look at any film, but, um, they're definitely a pretty solid shooting team. Um, they were all right defensively. I know that they would like to make this probably a much more, uh, high scoring affair than, uh, probably we would like, uh, cause we can slow the tempo down and really give them, um, a lot to do, um, as far as sets, set pieces when we can set those up cleanly. So, uh, I think it's going to be a really interesting game. I mean, right now, I think we're going in playing our best basketball. And I think really the wins last week are going to carry over because it's the process, even though um, it was a it was a tournament against some uh, different non-conference opponents. You can take all those positives and hopefully we have uh, a big amount of scoring across the board like we saw last week, Joe, with a lot of these guys. It's a really deep team offensively and anybody can fill it on any given night. Yeah, and that's one thing that you're really going to be looking forward to for this game uh, is just uh, production from all the way around uh, the floor. I think you're going to see a lot of uh, outside shooting from Ethan Erickson and Ben Davidson. They're going to pick it up. I think you're going to see a lot of inside work with uh, Vayas as well as uh, Delapo and uh um, Solomon, you'll see some production from those two guys. But the one thing I'm really excited for is how Bingham and some of the players coming off the bench are going to play. Because I think that's going to be the main difference is that if we got guys out there for the starters that aren't kind of picking up a little bit, how are we going to react and how are we going to come off when we need some guys to provide a spark coming off the bench? It's going to be an exciting game, to honestly, because, uh, you know, we usually don't see Grand Valley this early in the season. We have a couple of games in Gleak play under our belt so far. And then we go either to Allendale to start it off with these with these guys. but. I'm pretty excited regardless because, uh, you know, you'll see uh, the Grizzulas brothers battling out, which was really cool to see last year. Very cool. Uh, and it's always a good time for a rivalry game because you'll see a rocking crowd and wink. Uh, and that's going to be the biggest thing because when that place is rocking, it gets loud, it gets crazy. And the atmosphere in there is going to be unmatched. Absolutely. Some guys to watch out for. Obviously, Marius Grizzulas for the Lakers going up against Vance. It's going to be a matchup. Everyone remembers and is looking forward to once again. Uh, Luke Tolliver is a really good shooter for Grand Valley. He's averaging just over 52% so far um, from the field, almost 49 from three-point range. He's been knocking down a lot of deep shots as well. Um, Traven Gunter is a good player for them as well. He's going to bring a lot of physical presence um, as well as Marius down low. But I think it's going to be really interesting for me. Um, what I'll be probably watching is to see how our guards play, how aggressive they are 
uh, on first looks from beyond the arc, just because I think there's been a lot of good games where we've been really trigger happy and it's worked. And then there's been a couple games where we've gotten a little too trigger happy and it has hurt us a little bit. But uh, with Coach Bronkman's teams, you know that being able to get out and transition, make plays is where this team's at their best. And being able to beat them on the boards and turn that into points is going to be absolutely huge in this game. And they're going to be looking for a quick trigger, especially on the home floor. You're going to naturally knock more shots down. So I'm really looking forward to seeing this, especially hoping for big games overall from all the guys, uh, Ethan Erickson, Ben Davidson, just to name a few, Salman Aregbu, Mari Lee from beyond the arc as well. But you can insert any name because any of these guys can knock down shots. Physical presence will be huge down low, though, as you mentioned, Joe. Um, especially with Vance, this is a, this is a different game for Vance, right? Going up against his brother. Um, so he's going to want naturally have a really good game down, down low against him. So, uh, just being able to really turn that physicality and being able to turn it into finesse with those breakaways and counterattacks will be absolutely huge for this team. And I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great game. Mm -hmm. But before the men can get in action, women are going to be taking the floor first against a, another undefeated uh, GLIAC team uh, so far. Grand Valley is also coming in this 5-0. and oh. Both teams are top of the GLIAC standings before conference play starts. This is going to be a good game. I'm really excited to see how this one plays out, mainly seeing that we've been able to see a lot of promising uh, figures from a lot of the players on the women's team so far. Although Grand Valley has been able to get some pretty big wins against some pretty good teams so far, last year they were ranked, what, 2-1? For the majority of the season, able to kind of up, able to upset them in the GLIAC championships was a really big thing for us. But I think still you're going to see a very good game uh, between the two. I uh, expect uh, Mallory to kind of really, really pick it up. I feel like with her uh, ability to really move the ball around on the floor, I think you're going to see Kenzie Bowers kind of take over a little bit. And I think you're going to see Chloe Adonai really become a presence down low, uh, which is going to be the big thing. But uh Grandma, I'm trying to see who they've played so far. Uh, I have played Northwood, Finley, and Tiffin as kind of common opponents that um, yeah. we've seen in years past. So um, those are definitely some games that I've looked at. And overall, I mean, they took care of business pretty handily in those games. Uh, we played Northwood also earlier in the year. I believe they beat the T-Wolves by 26, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we beat them, I believe, just about the same at 28. So uh, very comparable scores overall. But I mean, really, the, the biggest numbers that come into this game is one and two. This is the battle of the two top pre-ranked LIAC teams. So uh, this is going to be a fantastic matchup, especially in guard play. Grand Valley is a team um, that likes to shoot the rock as well. Um, and they also like to play a, a really strong game inside, too. They've been a team... Um, that I've looked at as far as GLIAC comparisons overall, kind of comparing the early statistics from a lot of these teams overall in the season. Uh, one thing that was kind of notable for uh, for them, not only just obviously we don't we go over stats as much as uh, we can, because that's all that we are really kind of given with a lot of these teams not having um, a lot of film with them. But um, they're definitely going to be a team that I think is going to bring uh, a lot of two dimensional basketball. I mean, right now they have. Uh, a pretty good solid statistical showing um, overall throughout this season. They're shooting about 39% from three. That's only trailing us in the GLIAC so far, but they can shoot the basketball really well. They've been one of the most strong rebounding teams overall this season. Um, and I think the biggest thing for them too, um, I think they're leading right now in net efficiency, which uh, some people might not know what that necessarily is, but um, basically in a nutshell, they are playing the cleanest, best basketball out of anybody in the GLIAC to say the least. So, um, but I think we're right behind them. I think that we can really do things the right way. I think coach Westendorf's team has enough depth. They have enough ways to score the basketball and kind of neutralize that inside outside threat that grand Valley brings in the athleticism. So I'm really excited to see what this team can do coming off of a big win against Grace Christian last week and carry all that process over and put it on the hardwood this week and hopefully take down GV in the, the pre main event, I should say. Yeah, Grand Valley uh, women's team is a very high-scoring team uh, that we've been able to see so far against very good opponents, uh, which is going to be interesting. Uh, we're going to be able to put up some points on the board, but I think you might honestly see a little bit lower scoring. I think it's going to kind of be more of a hard nose. You'll see probably still... Both teams break 70, but comparatively to what both these teams have been putting up so far this season, that's going to be a lot slower of offensive production from both. So it's going to be interesting. Can't wait to see how that plays out, especially for Gleak so early on. Brandon, do you want to hear some 
uh, games going around the Gleak so far? Yes, Gleak scoreboard. Bring it home, Joe. Today, Davenport is going to Lake Superior State to take on the Lakers. That's going to be an interesting game, especially seeing since Davenport for the men's side was reigning Gleak champions. Lake Superior State, though, can play upset a little bit. And on the women's side, it's more of the same. Northern Michigan is traveling to Purdue Northwest as well. And Michigan Tech is going to be taking on Parkside on Thursday. And then Saturday, Grand Valley is going to be taking on Lake Superior State. Wayne State against Saginaw Valley. Michigan Tech against Purdue Northwest. And Northern Michigan versus Parkside. And then our game has been moved from Saturday to Sunday against Davenport. That'll be a good one, especially at home. Yeah, we moved it just for y'all so you can go watch the GV football game and then come back Sunday and watch us play Davenport, who's a very good team as well. They've started off hot 4-2 and two overall this season so far. They're a team that can kind of be really uh, I would say like the the dark horse team that could sneak up, especially we saw that in the men's side last year, swept the whole Gleak tournament as the eighth seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the women's team definitely has a lot of great talent there as well. So I think that can definitely bring a really interesting matchup on Sunday. Might be uh, a much different game than we might see on Thursday night, just because Davenport plays a little bit different than Grand Valley does. They like to establish physical presence and move the ball a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might see a little bit more team ball than ISO ball, as you would see probably more in this GV Ferris game on Thursday. But uh, it's going to be electrifying. It's going to be fun to watch both of those teams. Uh, and it's going to be really f- interesting to follow along and uh, all the information on fairstatebulldogs.com. And we'll see how this team plays going over this weekend. going to be fun. Absolutely. Cannot wait for the basketball season to get going, especially with Gleax, because honestly, the Gleax is, or Gleax is probably one of the best conferences, if not the best for college athletics as a whole. Speaking of some really premier sports going on, women's soccer is in the final four. Ted Knight is going to be kicking it off against Westchester, a very solid team that we're going to be playing. It's one versus four. Westchester, I think, is... 26 and one or something like that. They've only lost. lost, They have not lost so far. But our team, we've been playing underdog and upset all season long. So it's going to be an interesting one. They're in Seattle. It's a really, really cool, uh, really cool venue so far. I think you're going to see more of what we've been able to do. Really transitioning well into the offense from the defense is going to be able to get us uh, some of those really good chances, especially with a offense that's explosive as Westchester, you're going to see a lot of chances and just making sure that we can stay controlled in our defensive zone and using those quick passes up the middle and around the side to really give Zamborini and and Brindley and uh, those girls chances to really get some open looks is going to be big and it's just going to be the transitions that are going to be able to win us this game. But Westchester is also a very good defensive team as well as a very good offensive team. So it's going to be a very hard test. Uh, I don't think you're going to see more than maybe two goals, the whole thing. Yeah. You might see a one Oh finish or a two Oh finish. You're not going to see anything more than that. You might honestly see uh, it go scoreless through 90 minutes and then go to PKs at the end. So it's going to be interesting, but I think, you know, we're a great team. We got the we got the bulldog mentality, the blue collar, just work till it's finished. It's a privilege to play in the cold weather, like Coach Henson said a few weeks ago. So it's going to be an interesting game, but I think we're going to be able to be able to pull it out for how we've been able to play so far this season. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing overall, I mean, the snow in Washington certainly makes this very interesting because obviously, Ferris State has had great success in the snow. We'll have, we'll let it, we'll let it have it. Come on, bring it on. Like well, this is a team that's very resilient with the elements and has really played well throughout the entirety of it. I mean, really having kind of a sloppier kind of game uh, played over in Ohio at Cedarville the first two rounds. And then obviously Bemidji, it was pretty freezing um, as Coach Henson mentioned on the show, which you can check that out in the feed below if you haven't already. Great chat with him about the team's run this year. Um, but yeah, Westchester, they're they're the top team in this entire tournament. So they've played phenomenal. They're 22-0-1 on the season. Uh, and really, I mean, the, the only game that they really had a blemish um, was an unfortunate loss or tie, I should say, they had um, late in October against East Stroudsburg, which uh, they ended up going and beating in the in the opening conference tournament the very next game, November 1st. So they got the revenge really quickly. Um, but yeah, they've definitely have a, an interesting element of far as how they like to play. They like to play in these gritty, slower games. They're not a team that's going to blow you out eight and zero. They're going to be a team that likes to have possession. They like to have quality chances, um, but it's something that we've really improved on as well over the last couple of games. We've really kind of adapted that game where uh, we like to turn it into a track meet sometimes. And that's where we got a lot of these three, four, nothing games. I'm certain that Westchester is going to have 
uh, a definite focus going into this game of trying to slow us down offensively. Um, but I mean, you look at all these teams that we've taken down, they've been teams that have played a lot in these kind of slower, closer games. And right now we're doing a great job of being able to, to keep that energy up. And I mean, all, especially with all of our talented players, a couple of them getting uh, all, uh, all region honors already. So shout out to them, Nikki, Nikki May, Lindsay Cole as well. Um, Excuse me, it's Isabel Zamberini, those three that got named. So shout out to them. Slow clap for them as well. Um, but hey. it's going to be a great game. I'm really looking forward to seeing how it goes about. And I think this is going to be a game where how we establish our offense is where I'm going to be watching this game. I know Coach Henson's been doing a great job of putting together a game plan um, to dissect their defense. They're a really good defense. I'm pretty sure they've only allowed one goal um, throughout, I believe, the last 14 games, I want to say, at least going into October. They've only allowed two goals since October 1st. So that is a definite stat to look at as far as defensively. I know you mentioned, Joe, this defense is really, really good, and they've shown it year in and year out. Um, but overall, we found a way. We've found a way to be able to score, especially on set pieces and especially from long range. We've seen over the last couple of games, and even if we need to, we can play these deadlock close games in because our PK team's hot right now, and they, they're ready for that test if it does come down to a nil-nil all the way through extra time and into PKs. We've been able to win that time, so we have confidence we can do it again. Mm, and I think Dario Mosalai is going to have a, a breakout for these two games, especially if it comes down to it. Uh, she's been locked down between the pipes uh, so far this whole season. I mean, <laughs> finishing out the season, she gets the, what is it, the... Uh, shutout record, yep. right? Yeah, shutout, shutout record, clean sheet record. Shutout, complete shutout record. She had most shutouts in a single season last year. So, 20, yeah. I believe, yeah. 20, yeah, yeah. something like that. So light She's work. only a sophomore. She yeah, only a going. sophomore, by the way. So it's light work on that side. So it's going to be interesting. Hopefully we can get the win, be able to play for the national championship, the Woo. big dance. Uh, but we got to make it through with the top team in the final four first, which I think we can do, Brandon. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. If we win this game, the road does get easier. While there's two other good teams Technic- on the other side easier, of the bracket. Two, yeah. Three, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the other two teams across the bracket are very good teams as well. Uh, but this is, this, is the, this is the number one team. This is the top tier grand tier uh team overall in division two so for sure we're ready for the challenge and if anybody's going to beat us hey the cinderella team is the one that you want in that game so it's going to be super fun right now and i mean this team look how far they've come joe i mean 12 and 5 and 7 at the, this point right now this year and earlier mm-hmm. this season they had a losing record i believe for the first seven games this is really just a testament to how this team has really been resilient and, and have battled back the entirety of this this whole year and have played phenomenal soccer the last three or last month at least. Uh, and I think they're ready to keep this season going because, I mean, they'd look more motivated than I've seen them all year right now. And I mean, they're enjoying this experience in Seattle, as you should for a Final Four team. Uh, I just really look forward to see how they play this weekend. So it's going to be fun. That game starting on Thursday. So we'll break it down for you next week. All that action, including maybe a national championship episode. Uh, potentially knock on wood. So we'll see how far they go um, overall this weekend. Tough test. We'll see how we can grind. Mm-hmm. Dogs. One, three, and two. That's all I got to say. One, three, and two to start the season. Now we're in the final four. That oh, man. is pretty sick. What's anything's, up? anything's possible, folks. Anything is. And we're very excited to see what goes on. Brandon, what should we talk about next? All right. Let's do it. Go to football. Yeah, just a, a big just one. a little bit. Just a little bit of a game going on. Got just a little bit. Going to be heading down to Allendale on Saturday. Division two Super Regional Final against the Lakers. Rematch of the anchor bone that we lost in earlier. Uh, but, hey. We got a chance to play upset here, uh, really spoil the spoil some dinner for these Lakers coming in. So I think we're going to be able to do it, Brandon. It's going to be a big game. It's huge, one versus two in the in the region, uh, arguably the hardest region. I think whoever wins this game probably wins it all, most likely. If you really look at where the other regions are set up, we were talking a little bit about it uh, over kind of before the podcast started about how weird the setups are for the brackets when you really look down to it for regions and stuff like that. But just looking at this game, Brandon. Defense has just got to roll and offense got to pick up where it left off about two weeks ago against Davenport. Yeah, Coach Anise brought up a really good, uh, interesting thing in the press conference uh, last week, which we'll get to in a minute with the bracket situation. But uh, the number one thing when you're playing Grand Valley is they're a team um, that they make big plays. They do just that. And their defense has been one of the best I've ever seen. 
uh, so far this year. They limited us to 21 in the game earlier this year. Uh, granted, our defense is one of the best in the country as well. So uh, I think this is a really interesting game as far as how high powered defensively. Grand Valley is the best statistic defense we've seen. I know that our defense is definitely top tier uh, and it's not even questionable. I think personally that the number one defense in Grand Valley is too, but obviously they're going to take my bias uh, and kind of cancel my word for it. But I believe what I believe. So uh, but I, I think mean, yeah, this is yeah. going to be a mad. Yeah, we are better. I ain't going to lie. No, like, I think, we, we I think our better. defense is better. Our Statistically, is better. Grand Valley has the best t- defense over the last like couple of years, I want to say, uh, probably taking out Northwest Missouri State, who's been the number one defense probably program wide the last 10, probably 10 years, you could say, as a, yeah. as a whole, they've been the best defense. And they really gave Grand Valley fits the last week. Uh, I mean, they had this GV had to escape in the last five minutes with a touchdown to win 13 to eight in that game. Uh, and I think that really kind of showed that they are a very defense reliant team. They like to make plays on offense, but that sounds really familiar, Joe. I mean, that's what I, that's what we do. We like to make plays on offense and let our defense take care of the rest. Um, and really the biggest thing last uh, earlier this year when we played them in that 22-21 loss uh, was they took away our rushing attack. That really yeah, kind of made us one-dimensional, which really helped them defensively scheme-wise. But uh, I think when you saw that rushing attack really getting really well, especially on one of those scoring drives, uh, I think that really can really provide a big spark for us. Like Marcus Taylor had that like 30-yard touchdown run they had that was big time. Uh, in the second quarter. And from there, that's that started a, a two-straight touchdown game. Uh, going into the fourth quarter, when we had that 21-10 lead, we were in the driver's seat. Uh, we just fell a little short in the fourth quarter, and that was really the only difference in that game. But we know we can beat this team. We've done it in years past. We've had those games where we have provided a spark in those big games, in those big moments. And last week, we were able to do that despite how bad we played. Um, everybody and everybody was talking about it after the game. And I know the coaches and the players acknowledged it. That, that wasn't our best game of football. That's, that's, that's a fact. And they had five turnovers, and that was something that was really hard to overcome. But they were able to overcome it. That's the biggest issue is when you have these teams that play really bad in these games – what our team does really best is we throw that game out. We make the adjustments and we play our best game the next game. And that's what's really important because that's going to be crucial to move on in these postseason games. Because really right now we're in a great position with what our bracket is standing. If we beat this team, who is the number one team in the country right now, theoretically, Joe, just like soccer, this is this gets better or easier down the road statistically. Mm, we talked about that too, is if you look at where the, fi- basically the elite eight are at right now, uh, you have Angelo State and Colorado School Mines. Whoever wins that is going to be playing the w- winner of Grand Valley and us. Uh, and both of these teams, if you look at their regions so far, have not been playing as tough of a region uh, when you look at standings before uh, the playoffs started. Uh, Angelo State is being Bemidji State and Bemidji State and, be- yeah, excuse me, Bemidji State so far. Bemidji State was what, 10, 20? Somewhere around there in that area uh, with rankings uh, once the season ended. I don't even think they were in the top 25, were they? They were in the D2 football number 19 spot uh, earlier this year, but I don't believe they're on the AFCA poll. If I, I don't think so. Sure. I don't think the Beavers were on there. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe so either. Yeah, they don't have any team in the top 10, I believe, uh, in the AFCA poll, they do in the D2 football because um, they have Colorado School of Mines um, as well as Angelo State. But outside of those two teams, the rest of them, uh, the next best team was Minnesota State at 13, and they lost in the second round. So I don't think they have anybody left as far. And then, yeah, in the AFCA, the School of Mines barely snuck in at 10. So they definitely had a different view on a lot of these teams uh, overall in this region. So I think it'll be interesting that we have the reseeding format. But, I mean, our region... Absolutely ridiculous. It's, man. It is insane to me that we have this much talent in one bracket corner, one yeah. quadrant, one region. It's I mean, crazy. this is insane. You got Grand Valley, who's number one overall ranked. Mm-hmm. You have Wachita Baptist, yep, who, is who is number three. Yep, number three. Pittsburgh State was number four going into this game. They were ranked higher than us in one of the polls at number five. And I mean, we're the defending national champions at number yeah. five. That's a tough it? task as regardless. Uh, and then Northwest Missouri, which I believe, if I remember correctly, number eight, number eight and number 10 in each poll respectively. And then Davenport was, I believe, Probably. we had Indy too. India as well was 13 and yep. then Davenport was 20. Yeah, one. which is Absolutely crazy. So if think. you have every single person in this region yes. was ranked, and when you look at the other sides, I mean, New Haven wasn't ranked at the end. I think Notre Dame was, maybe. Were they? I don't think they actually were. 
I don't think so. They were either. barely they tied for twenty fourth. Tied for yeah, tied for twenty fourth. And other than that, you didn't have Slippery Rock in the top twenty five either. Uh, you didn't have New Haven in there. And you look at the other side. I mean, Winona State didn't have anybody in there. CSU Pueblo was almost in there as well. Wayne State barely squeaked it in. But you look at all the a lot of these other regions. You don't see as much of a heavy presence in the top 24 or the top 25 like you do with our region. So it's a little bit interesting to see. I I knew, especially when these rankings came out and kind of what the whole thing was, whoever was going to come out of this region or specifically the region that we're in yeah. is probably going to be the winners of the whole thing. Yeah. But it's going to be interesting to see now, especially with the reseeding after these games and it's the final four, what it's going to play out for who's going to get. Because if Angelo State wins, you know, statistically they should be number one. If If we upset Grand Valley and we go into it, Angelo State should be number one. We'll probably get number two. But when you look at especially who we've played over in the regions and who's in our regions that we were able to beat out, mm-hmm. there's an at, argument. We should, we should be number one. There's an know? argument, yeah. So it's, it's really just going to be the difference of who's going to be hosting and who's going to be traveling. And when it comes to postseason and stuff like that, that's going to be kind of a, that's a pretty huge factor about what it's going to be. So Yeah, I think when you look at our region, and especially watching the game last week, Pittsburgh State was not playing like a three seed. Not even close. No. They were a top two seed and they're probably not two. And that's just the crazy thing is you have these talented teams all in one bracket together. And it, if you, here's the biggest thing I could put. If you compare the number three seeds across the board, Pittsburgh state was number four. Who was the other th- four or excuse me, the other three seeds in the other four regions, Joe. Oh, hold on. Let me pull it up. It was, I believe one I of them, one of them was assurance. That one sounds from, or no, Assumption, excuse me. Assumption was one of them. Uh, and they were 21st in the one that I'm looking at, the D2 football yep. rankings. And then the other two, uh, one of them is West Florida, which West Florida might be one of the higher ones overall on this list. I think they're about number six. Mm. Uh, and then Minnesota State was the other one at 13. But when you look at the the region that West Florida's in, yeah. they also have a couple of teams that aren't even ranked overall, uh, and they have the Cinderella Wingate that's still in, and they were ranked, I believe, 24th or 25th going in. So they were pretty much the underdog yeah. of that whole region, and there was still two other unranked teams going into that region. So that just kind of explains to you, I mean, we haven't even got into statistics and past previous uh, history with a lot of these teams, which that's what they took into effect, putting us theoretically at number two over Pittsburgh State because we had been there. We were the national champion when they seeded us. So that's the reality because in the national rankings, it theoretically should have been Pitt State as the number two seed, not just the three. So we would have played Uindy instead of Davenport, which would have made it very interesting. But Yeah, and the really interesting, the more interesting part about that is when you look at West Florida's spot right there, you have Benedict was their number one and West Florida was their number three, right? And you had Delta State. Those three are within the six, seven, and nine spot. You look at our, we already mentioned, you look at our region, Five of the top eight teams were in our region. We yeah. had us, Grand Valley, Washtenaw ba- Baptist, Pittsburgh State, Northwest Missouri State. Insane. It's it's crazy to see just the kind of disparity of wealth of what it is. Yeah, and I, these, if I remember correctly uh, here, different divisions. So we have really kind of the the southeast as one region, which is the West Floridas, the Delta States, the the Wingates, the Delta, or excuse Benedict me, the, Ver- the Virginia stuff. Union, Benedict, all of those. And, yeah. and then you kind of have the the Northeast kind of just piled right there when you got all the Pennsylvanias. And I mean, Notre and, Dame, yeah. Notre Dame, Ohio is kind of a little That's bit, a little of bit surprising, outlier. but yeah. you kind of have like the Midwest type area yeah, but it's, with ours. But the it's, weirdest thing is like, then you look at the other region and it's more kind of like the like the the Rocky Mountain South kind of thing because when yeah. you got School of Mines is in that one, you got Angelo State, so it's Texas you School, got Minnesota State. But then you got Minnesota no State sense. in there. That's the that's the weird thing. To and me. Bemidji. Yeah, why are the Minnesota, Minnesota schools teams. in that one? And you got like Nebraska in us. I feel like you should switch. Not, excuse me, Nebraska, Pitt uh, State, Kansas, and, and Missouri. Yeah, you should switch Pitt State Northwest with Bemidji and Minnesota. That's what you should do. That would probably make that it would make way more even. sense. Yeah, I, that's what that's Wait, where I'm confused. I'm not like slandering. Arkansas? Why are they in our thing? That's what I'm saying. Why is this played out the way it is? I'm actually genuinely curious. I know they put it together geographically, but what gives Northwest Missouri State in the same over in our region? especially since they're a top 10 unranked team in this tournament, as opposed to down in the other region where you have these other teams like the, the Wayne state, Nebraska's and all these other schools like Minnesota state and Bemidji then 
that aren't in that spot. Like to me, it would definitely make sense if they put Bemidji in ours um, and they would move over like a Northwest Missouri state. Uh, UND makes sense, but like Pittsburgh, it would make it Pittsburgh state and, and, and Ochita Baptist is even kind of a little bit of an outlier. Cause I mean, that school isn't necessarily a total Midwest school. Cause it's Arkansas. Like that's more, that's more towards Angelo state and Texas. So I don't exactly know how that this was put together. But do I. They, what we're saying is when they put it together, our region was much more loaded than the other three. I think if you were to switch it around, you would make it just better teams because you would kick out some teams that are worse. Right. If and you I, were to situate a little bit better. Yeah. Which is why I'm hoping and hopefully not like if we were able to get the win against Grand Valley, winning, going all the way would be absolutely huge um, because that would just show the dominance overall of this region. Because real theoretically, when you look back at our run last Last year, the toughest games we played were in the regional rounds. Yeah. Northwest Missouri State, Grand Valley were much closer games than Shepard and Valdosta and McKinney. They exactly. weren't even close. It yeah. was a absolute slaughter fest in those two games. And that just showed you our region is more tough than a lot of these other region teams that are coming in into these final four in these, these national finals. So it it's gotta be there's gotta be something that can happen. That can create a realignment. I don't know what that is, but until it happens, I, I'm afraid that you're going to have to see this Midwest domination for a little while just because. I mean, are. I mean, when you got seven teams that are in this one bracket that are in the top 25 and the only other closest one has five, maybe six. All of these teams were in the top 25. Right. And it was almost like top 21 yeah. at the very least. And five of them, or excuse me, four of them were in the top five. Five of them were in the top eight. Yeah, which I know you can't control that. I'm not yeah, trying I to mean, say it's you what, can it's, control it's how a it thing, ranked. but you just got to look at like. Yeah, but when it comes to like the, the they say. Shepard basically had a cakewalk is what it is. Shepard and like the West Florida basically had a cakewalk throughout this whole thing. A little thing. bit. If you, Delta if you look State at was where a tough it, game. But it yeah. was a tough game, but if you look basically the talent, some of these regions are cakewalks compared to, you know, walking through the fire and the flames right. of this of the region that we're in. Right, which can be a benefit for us. We showed well, it last yeah, year. Yeah, that's we what can I'm play saying. our best and we then roll it everybody. over. It didn't really matter, but right, it's, it's still just unfortunate because you go into it and you have some of these teams who are playing a lot worse teams, especially as it goes on to the point where you get to the super region where West Florida is playing in Wingate, who was not even in the top 20, or was flirting with not being in the top 25. Yeah, so... What did you need? Oh, I was just about to, you know, can you tell Jamie, tell Jamie where to go on the screen. Oh, tell sorry. <laughs> I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to overrule you. I'm no, doing, you're good. I'm pointing at the screen because I'm doing some math. Pull that up, head. please, Jamie. Yeah, Jamie, pull that up, please. Uh, eight total points, the difference in those second round games from our region. The top, the other top left one, um, which would be the, the, the Northeast and theoretical was like about six, was 16. And then you look at the other two that the, uh, you they make the theoretical, the, uh, the South and then the, uh, the Rocky mountain, whatever you want to call it. The games were not close in some no. of those other games. And this, it's About just scored two scores almost for most of them. Yeah. And, and especially for those other ones, they had three, at least three out of four of the still ranked teams left. And one had all four in that Rocky mountain West kind of region. So, yeah. Oh no. I just got to really make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. You could. And I think what TA said in the post game press conference makes perfect sense that you just got to take the M. You just can't like my double has got to go. Yeah, it's it's just got to be you that gotta way. You got to switch it up something. Yeah, I would say I would say move the PSAC with us and then put the MIAA where that uh, would make sense. Because yeah. that would make more sense regionally. Because now if I mean, if you look at it and if you look at if, if Wachita Baptist won against Northwest or if like we had to play Northwest Missouri State, even last year when Northwest Missouri State had to come to town. You're looking at four states across that you have to travel for a playoff game, like especially in yeah. a tournament that's based on regionals. That doesn't really make any sense because that's still a long, long bus ride or a long flight that you have to make. That just doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you're thinking about, you know, especially regional playoffs. You want to try to make it so you're not traveling as far, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And with the PSAC for some of those um, that don't know those teams, that would be pretty much switching uh, Shepard and uh, IUPI um, over into ours, which then that would give them their side that would give them uh well it wouldn't actually technically give them it would be, I it think would be it would, a little bit of a different structure yeah change I, for I basically the whole thing yeah i wouldn't recommend do. a full switch but yeah i think there needs to be a little bit of a realignment i would say um because like you have these other schools in there too like uh i think like you look at a lot of these other teams 
And like, it just regionally doesn't like, like Minnesota should not be in the same region as a lot of these teams from Colorado and Texas. Like that doesn't, that that's taking up literally half of the United States straight down a map. Like that doesn't make sense to me. And then you got all these other ones uh, in little tiny circles filling up the rest of the half of the quadrant uh, of the United States map. It just doesn't I feel like if totally you just gave us sense. an hour, we'd make it a lot easier. Like if you just you want to become the committee, Joe, we probably, we just got to write a letter or something. You just give us an hour and a half, two hours, and we'd write one up that makes it well, a lot easier. Yeah. So all you would have to do is just make a map, put whatever school's logo where they are on the map, and then you just base it off in quadrants. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Which I know they're trying to make it even, but there's, there's some ways that you could make this even overall. Yeah. So if honestly, all I'm saying is I can do this job of whoever's committee <laughs> is a lot better than what they're doing. I can tell you that uh, much right now. Yeah, there's a, there might just need to be a realignment, and that would make a more evenly balanced tournament overall. But I would probably do it for a lot cheaper than what these people are getting paid for to be on this committee. Yeah. I've had some ideas for redrafting the NFL, which, speaking of which, we should probably get to our we, picks here before we, we probably Yeah, we probably should. We probably should. Yeah. That would be a cool episode if we did like a— restructure of where the NFL is. Yeah. Leave a comment down below. If you want to see a full restructured map of uh, divisions for all these different shows, sure, sure. definitely make it happen. But speaking of NFL, we got our picks to make. We're going to make our final uh, adjustments to our picks and we'll be right back to bring them to you right here on the MBSP. Are you a Ferris State student interested in getting into audio production, music, podcasting, or even DJing? Goldock Radio could be the place for you with plenty of opportunities and hands-on experience within not only these realms, but the marketing and social media opportunities outside. Join us to have your voice heard. No other place than Bulldog Radio. Now finishing out the rest of the show, got the NFL picks portion. Our old list kind of got lost in the wreckage when we were transferring stuff over from so the, it's old, zero, zero. the old office to the new office. So I guess we'll just say keeping it going. I won last week. No, 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 no. We didn't pick last week. I mean, hey. We didn't pick last if week. If we did, we know who would have won. And that's no, me. That so I'm up me. six to one so far. I actually far. kept track of my picks last week. Okay, well. I was, ten, probably, I was 10 and six. Pencil. That ain't bad. I know. I had my I think I was good week to, now. I think I was eleven to five. Or ten and four, maybe. Oh, Regardless, I'm pretty sure that I I'm pretty sure I got correct. We'll just say it's tied. Three three right now. Sure. With what we've done for picks. Hopping into what is it, week twelve? Week thirteen now. Week I thirteen. Believe. Gee dang. That's crazy. Tonight, Thursday, December first, eight fifteen PM. Bills at the Patriots at Gillette Stadium. Gonna be a good game. Six and five Patriots, eight and three Bills. It's gonna be quick. Quick little explanation. Choose your pick. Choose your score. Yeah, we went a little over on the Pharisee Sports Pro. We do apologize, so we'll speed this up here. I'll make it quick. I'm going with Josh Allen and the Bills. Despite being at Gillette, I love the way they played last week against the Lions. And as much as I liked how the Lions will play, uh, I think the Bills are in a good position right now. This can be a lower game than you probably think. I'm going to go 24-21 in favor of Bills Mafia. Okay, 24-21. I was going to say... Pretty much same thing. I knew it was going to be a lot lower scoring. I think it's going to be more of a kind of who's going to be able to get stuff going early, and then it's probably going to slow down later on in the end. And then it'll be a big play at the end that's going to really pick it up. So I'll probably go a little bit lower even than you. I'll say 17 to 21 bills. Okay, there you go. Next game, Steelers at the Falcons. This is a tough this one, Joe. <clears throat> this one's a t- this one's a little bit different because I'm not really sure who I want to pick here. Steelers are not looking super hot. Four and seven. I'm still not a huge fan of Kenny Pickett. Uh, I knew, especially with what he was able to do last week, wasn't super hot. Falcons, though, same thing. I'm not really sold on them either. I'm going to say Falcons just because I got a feeling about it. They're going to win 14 to 10. Ooh, okay. I'm going to play contrarian here, and I'm going to go with Pittsburgh, and here's why. We saw a good game on the ground last week from Najee Harris. I think that's going to carry over against Atlanta, especially in the Dome. They have not done a great job of containing the run in the Dome. Um, but I think this is going to be a tough matchup for them, especially because they were on the road last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can take a lot out of you, these tough road wins. But I think this is going to be a good, really good sneaky game. Uh, I think the Steelers will find a way somehow. Kenny Pickett's just got to play clean, let the let the ball go into playmaker's hands, and I think they'll be okay. Steelers win 21-17 over the Falcons. Mm. Solid choice. There you go. Next game, <clears throat> Ravens hosting the Broncos. I'm sorry I they laughed already. They finally got taken at their prime time. Thank dude. They goodness. finally got taken at their prime time. Uh, I think if you choose Broncos here, you're insane. It's going to be Ravens by two scores, 28-17. to 17. Until the Broncos score more than 18 points, I think the Ravens win by 28. 
And that's, by that's being nice. Dang. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Not by. I will. I'll pick a score that's pretty re- relevantly high. I'm gonna say they win uh, 35 to 13. I think they blow them out. I think the Ravens yeah, need to get I back have, on track, bro. Yeah, they they really have to. Broncos are not expect a pretty good game from Lamar. Uh, I think he's going to have a big performance fantasy wise. Uh, so watch out for that one. Next game on deck: Packers versus Bears. Ooh. A little bit of NFC North action. Four and eight Packers, three and nine Bears. Uh, who would have thought that Lions would have been up top both of these teams at the start, <laughs> of the start of the season? But for me, I think I'm going to go Bears. Justin Fields has been Ooh. killing it lately. I think especially with kind of the things going on. Because what is it? Jordan Love's getting the start this week, right? Ah, uh, Roger says he's ready. Roger says he's ready. We'll, well take another grain of salt, though. T- yeah, that's that's true. So you might see a little bit of Jordan Love in this game. But Justin Fields has been killing it so far with rushing attack and stuff like that. So Bears are going to win this one. I'm going to say 18 to 15. Wow. Wow. That's an interesting selection. I'm going to go with cheese on this one. I think Rodgers will play in this game. Um, And when he has done, been on the field uh, at Soldier Field, he has dominated the Bears. I don't anticipate that changing yet. I will make a side prediction. If he does lose this game and the Packers win out, that he might hang it up just as a crazy thought. But uh, I think this, yeah, he doesn't rule the NFC North anymore. Is that the, is that the golden ticket to get him out of here? I don't know. Uh, the bears had a really good rushing attack last week, but the Packers defense, uh, they really played better. I think than a lot of people thought against Philadelphia, uh, especially kind of late or like later in the game when Jordan love was in the game, uh, obviously they still lost pretty big, but I think their defense will carry that over a little bit against the bears. They'll have a lot more confidence. I think they're going to win this game and a close one. I'm going to say 27, 24, they beat the bears at Chicago. Close one. Interesting. Uh, Blue next Kool-Aid pick. baby. Blue Kool-Aid. The Lions are going to beat the Jaguars. And here is why this offense might be getting JMO back and boy, mm. oh boy, if they do, you're going to see some of the most schematic glory that you have seen with Ben Johnson all year long. You think he's been good this year so far and helped us be in all these games. Just wait till they, what they can do against that Jaguars defense. I'm going to be at this game and I hope the Lions win by 14 points. Let's go, go, baby. Come on. Give me the Lions 28 to 14, 28, 14 going big. 28-14. 28-14. I got to be. I'm going to the game. Obviously, I got to go big. True. Obviously, uh, Lions are killing it right now. Aiden Hutchinson's really come into fruition. He was a little bit spotty throughout the first part of the season. I was kind of really nervous about that, but he's really been picking it up. Kirby Joseph, guy's a dog. Uh, and then especially if J-Mo's coming back. Even so, I think you're going to see a lot of production from those new uh, tight ends coming in, especially Chark kind of getting a little bit of breakout with a touchdown as well as I'm Ross St. Brown's going to keep going. And if JMO's back, I think that's just going to make the three headed monster of our wide receiver core that much scarier. So Lions are going to win this one. I originally put 25, 24, just because it's going to be closest to the Lions. But I like that. I'm going to stop that and put, it's going to be more of a blow. I'm going to say Whoa. 27 to 18. Let's go. Come on, Detroit. Hashtag Come on, one baby. Join in wherever you are. Anyway, Detroit grit next game. Browns. Watson is apparently making his debut, and why not against his former team, Houston, at the Texans, at their field? What you got, Brandon? Oh, my gosh. Dude, I have a bad idea. You think Texans are going to win this one? Trap game. Texans. Texans, eh? I don't know why. I'm just going to go for it. This will probably be the one that loses me this bet this week that I'll win more games, but this is the most... It's like, just written in stone, you know? Like, it makes so it makes much sense. sense because the Browns are going to bench Brissett. The Texans have only won one game, which obviously that's not great. But they haven't played, like, astronomically bad, I would say. I mean, they made a little bit of a climb there against the Dolphins and even banged up two a little bit uh, later on in that game. This is a game where I think it's going to come down to Damon Pierce. He's going to have to run for 150 yards. If he does, I think that this Browns defense is going to be very confused. Uh, and I think they're going to have trouble getting clicking going. We saw early practice videos. Watson is receivers, not necessarily on the same page as of yet. Yeah. I'm going to take the Texans in a crazy game. I'll call them my shot right now. 24, 23 in an absolute barn burner. You'll be talking about this game for a week or I will be catastrophically wrong, which doesn't <laughs> hurt me whatsoever. You see what I did there, Joe? I see what you did there. I see what you did there. I'm going to go Browns 24 to 14. Okay, there you go. Good pick. Uh, next game, Vikings at the Jets. Ooh, or excuse me, other way around. Jets at the Vikings at Minnesota. Let's go. Let's go. You going with the Vikings show? Yeah, I'm going to go Vikings. Uh, Justin Jefferson has been killing it. Uh, I just don't think the Jets have what it takes, especially kind of with what's going on. I mean, Zach Wilson thinks that he didn't let down his defense, even though he didn't even get anything going on the offensive side from what last week. What about Mike so. White, though? Mike White, too. I don't know, man. He just Mike was White's- not. 
Mike White might have had arguably the greatest performance of a backup <laughs> of all time, but I just don't think you're going to be able to see that. I mean, Jets are seven and four. They're a little bit surprising this year, but I think Vikings are going to keep it rolling. Who did, Vikings play? who did Vikings play last week? Uh, who Sorry did to cut off your exciting week? intro. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, I think the Vikings last week, uh, didn't they play the... Oh my gosh, I'm literally drawing a blank. The Vikings played on Thanksgiving against the Patriots. That's who it was. They played the Patriots, yeah, actually. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, and beat them in what was a controversial game. Uh, I think this will be a very non-controversial game. I'm going to go chalk here, even though I was thinking about the Jets for a second. Give me the Vikings in this one. I think they win by 7, 34-27 in Minnesota. I think this team is good enough to be 10-2, and and they're finally showing it. Um, and it's 1 o'clock Kirk Cousins, so watch out. Yeah. It's he's 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 lights out when it's one o'clock when dude. it's when it's not prime time. This guy turns into basically like he's prime time off prime time. Yeah, he's what he does. He's Super Bowl caliber quarterback when it like goes down. Uh, next game, uh, one of the last two one o'clock games, Commanders against Giants. Pretty even game so far from what we're seeing. I don't really know who I'm going to choose, but I'm just going to choose Giants just because I feel like it with Danny Dimes. No further elaboration. Giants are going to win 23 to 17. Oh, okay. I like the pick. Uh, I'll go contrarian. I'll pick the commanders because they're the hottest team right now um, on the road. And I think this is a big game for them to keep their momentum going. And I think the Giants overall, they played really well defensively at the start of the season. They're starting to falter a little bit. And I think this is going to be a game where they get exposed a little bit, uh, especially on the ground. I think Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson are going to have a big day. Uh, I'm going to take the commanders against the Giants. I think this is going to be a really low scoring game. I'm going to say, I think we haven't picked this one yet. 21-17. Uh, you have against Steelers Falcons game. No, okay, fine. Uh, we'll keep it the same. Uh, you already said it. Already I did ri- say it. Already written down. Already said it. Can't Sorry, change guys. it now. I tried the whole next year to game. Pick different scores. <laughs> <laughs> next anyway. game: Eagles versus Titans. Uh, this one's a little. You gonna go with the fly? Eagles fly? I was thinking. I don't know. I'm thinking about this one. This is the thing. Eagles have to lose at some point, right? That is true. They're not gonna go 16 and one. So this is a prime game for them to lose. That is true, and Titans do have a man named Derrick Henry that could do it. Yeah, that's why I'm going to go with the Eagles in this one. Uh, 31 to <laughs> 26, I think maybe that's a legitimate score. I don't know. Uh, how do you get to there? Oh, no, I can see where I go with that one. Um, but anyway, this will be a game where I think we'll see the Eagles' defense have fits trying to stop Derrick Henry. Yeah, um, their pass defense is the same, but I just don't. Yeah. I just can't really get behind their run defense. The t- yeah, the Titan. The, the thing with me is the Titans haven't had their takeover defense that they had a couple years ago when they made a big mm-hmm. run. And that that's really kind of been, they've been able to do it a couple times this year, but not consistently turn teams over and score points off. And that's the another important part. I'm going to roll with the Eagles in this one just because it's it makes sense on paper. So that's why whenever I pick those, I get them wrong. So I'm going to go with the Eagles on this one. I'm going to go Eagles as well. Ooh, fly, uh, Eagles fly. Just because, I don't know, Titans, I feel like, aren't going to be able to handle that offense. And especially, I think you're going to see a lot more of Time taken off the clock when the Titans are on the field for the offense and the Eagles are just going to be keeping on scoring. Uh, so it's going to be pretty even scoring, I'd say. I'm going to say 28 to 20, 28 to 25. Oh, okay. 25. That's a good one. Next game, Rams against the Seahawks. This one at SoFi. Is this finally a game the Rams might win? I mean, there might not be a Stafford in this game, though. I don't know, dude. Rams have just fallen off so bad, and I don't know why. I did. I, well, I do know why, but I'm just going to go with the Seahawks here just because Gino is not writing back and he's going to write up a f- seven and five record after this game. Seahawks are going to win this one. Let's say Seahawks going to win 17 to seven. Oh, wow. Low okay. scoring. That's an interesting pick. I'll also take the Seahawks, but I'm going to take them in a higher scoring game. Uh, I'm going to take them 28-21 over the Rams. I think the Rams might get a little bit going with K-Makers on the ground, um, but until Matthew Stafford comes back, the air attack is going to be very subpar. They already lost um, Mr. Robinson, Allen Robinson, already through injury for the rest of the season, so uh, it's tough for me to get behind any of their pass catchers, so I'm going to go with the Seahawks 28-21. Next game. And you got a man named Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker is very good at football as well. That is true. Dolphins at San Francisco. This will be a fun game. I'm I wish excited this, for this one. I know. I wish this was a Sunday night game. We'll talk about that game here in a minute. Oh, man, this one's tough. I'm going to go with the San Francisco defense as much right. as I want to go with the Dolphins. I'm going to take San Francisco's defense. They've played lights out. Uh, yes, they did lose Elijah Mitchell, but you forgot they have Christian McCaffrey on that offense. So 
Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be very good um, at the candlestick, or it should be called forever, uh, being able to control that game. I think the defense is going to slow down. Um, the deep passing attack for the Dolphins are going to have to grind it on the ground a little bit in the short passing game, which might get them a little success early on, but I don't think they're going to be able to do that the whole night. They're going to need the big play in the burner, uh, and that if that's taken away, I think they're going to be exploited a little bit, especially, and defensively, they need some work. Give me the Niners in a high-scoring affair, 35-38 or the Dolphins. Dang, 35-38, eh? I'm going to go Dolphins. I'm going to play contrarian here. I'm also going to say it's going to be a high-scoring game, though. Uh, I think Tua's going to have a big game. I think he's going to be able to be able to get the throwing game. I feel like down uh, a well amount. I think Mostert's going to have a good game, and then Waddle and uh, Tiebreaker is going to go crazy. So this one's going to be maybe drop 40. I'd say 40 to 35. Oh, man. That is something. Good pick, though. I like it. Thank you. Next game, Chiefs at Bengals. Another loaded game. This one at Cincinnati. But I'm going to take the road team. I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs to be the Bengals. So the reason why Bengals defensively have been up and down and the Chiefs, whenever they've been able to control the football, have been okay. If they can get out to an early lead uh, and be able to continue putting the pedal down but not be too aggressive, that's where they get themselves in trouble. Uh, I think they're going to be able to win this game as much as I want to pick the Bengals. Give me the Chiefs 35-31. to 31. Sure. Nice. I said Chiefs 31-24. Okay, so. there you go. Chargers at the Raiders. Raiders have won a couple games in a row, Joe. And the Chargers have been struggling a little bit. You going with the Chargers? Mm, I this one's tough. I really don't know which one I want to do. I think it's just gonna be Raiders since it's home for them. Uh, I think these two teams are so spotty that you can really just go either way with it. But I'm gonna just say Raiders just because it's at home. You're gonna have the Raiders faithful with you. So Vegas is gonna win this one. Twenty-one to. I've been saying twenty-one a lot lately. I'll say twenty-six. Just for a random number. Oh. And if it hits, could you imagine? Could you imagine? 26 to 18. Yeah, this man is going to Vegas this weekend, so it only that makes sense. True. So, uh, why not? This one's for you, Canary. Give me the Las Vegas Raiders to beat the Chargers. Neutralize the passing game through the backfield, the short passing game, uh, and this team will be okay. Keenan Allen is back. Uh, well, actually... No, I take it back. Sorry, I'm taking the Chargers in this one. I just noticed that the Raiders need some help defensively, uh, especially through the middle as I was talking about that. So I'm going to be the man and correct myself here, and I'm going to go with the Chargers in this one. Respect. Uh, I'm going to go with the Chargers to win this one 28-23 over the Raiders and get to 7-5, and this might be a game where Brandon Staley just holds on to his job. Yeah, probably. Yeah. You ain't wrong with that one. Last of the Sunday games, Cowboys are going to be hosting the Colts. Colts are coming off a weird... I think it's their first loss under Jeff Saturday, right? Yeah. So Against a good Eagles team. It's then- a good Eagles team, but Cowboys have kind of been rolling a little bit. We'll see what that goes for them. Uh, I'm going to say... Cowboys are going to win this one. Colts, I feel like, are just going to show that Jeff Saturday shouldn't be an NFL head coach because drinking buddies, I feel like, shouldn't be a head coach. Ouch, that one's tough. Yeah. I'm also going to go with the Cowboys, even though the Colts have played uh, decent football the last couple of weeks. I mean, we obviously mentioned the Eagles game just now, um, but I mean, really look back to even last week um, when they played uh, a really tough game against the Steelers. They looked okay at times, but there's just no X factor. Jonathan Taylor's trying to be that guy, but when he gets neutralized, it's really up in the air. I'm going to also go with the Cowboys in this one. I think this one's going to probably end a little bit too far away. I think it's going to be a 42 to 24 game. Cowboys roll at home on Sunday night football. Uh, this might be Lions-esque of whatever it was, 2018. This might be a blowout. Yeah, I said 38-21 Cowboys. Okay. So last game of the week, Monday, December 5th, Saints are taking on the Buccaneers. Don't really know why this is a Monday night game, seeing as there's a lot more happening at 4.05 on Sunday. That'll be a lot more interesting to watch. But regardless, Saints versus Buccaneers, who are you going to choose, Brandon? Give me Tampa. Tampa? No explanation. Understandable. <laughs> That's, I ain't gonna lie. I'm using too much analytics, I think, at this point. I should yeah. just flip a coin. Um, Buccaneers, I'm going to pick to win this game 30-27. 30 to 27. Think, All right. Well, think it'll be I'm, offensive scheming. I'm gonna choose the Saints because our boy Brody Kaiser, a big Saints. Fan. Shout out to Brody That's Kaiser. That's the only reason why. Don't there know why, go. but I think Brody's just gonna bring him some good luck this week. Uh Saints are gonna win this one 27 to 25. 
Good pick. Those are our picks. Don't bet them unless they're right. Of course, wise man Deion Sanders once said that. Uh, but thank you guys for listening in. Uh, make sure you tune in next week. More guests, more greatness coming this upcoming week. We thank you all blast. for getting us in the new digs. And we'll be sure to bring out the better and best content for you the rest of the way. Maybe even video streams. I don't know. Whoa. We've been talking about that a little bit. So maybe, maybe for the last semester, we might treat you guys with some video streams. Who that knows? would be pretty sweet. So we'll still figure out some things. And if you want us to let us know, make sure that you answer these questions by following us at the MVSP on Instagram and Twitter, as well as following us on all of our platforms. You can find those in the link tree, link in our bio of our social media handles. Uh, so you cannot miss a thing. But until next time. Take care, everybody. Take care.